think even practically how God walked in the garden with them and they had a really special relationship with him. And so even before he formalized these covenants with his patriarchs, he had shown, and we can see in retrospect, sort of in hindsight, we can see that was his heart for his image bearers all along, to have a place where they belonged, a family, descendants, a line, a lineage, and a special relationship with him. So when we see that that's his heart for his people, then we can really see how that heart is expressed through all of the iterations of the Old Testament and even the New Testament. Hello, and welcome back to Study with Friends. This week, we begin our final descent into what has been a multi-series study, tracing the covenantal themes of land descendants and special relationship through almost the entire Old Testament. We hope that you've been encouraged and seen personal growth in your own faith as we have studied God's plan through these three covenants. If you've missed any of the previous series in this study, we encourage you to go to our website, studywithfriends.org, and search Covenant. While you're there, you can get the homework and meet the friends involved in today's study. You can also take us anywhere and listen anytime by streaming us on your favorite app like iTunes or Spotify. We now have a YouTube channel as well where you can watch the ladies in action. Now, let's begin in prayer. God, thank you for this time together, for these beautiful ladies who love you and love your word, who are so wise and um, invested in learning more about you. I thank you for uh, unpacking your word with us in this time, for the promise that you've given us to show us the things we don't understand and help us to see you more clearly if we seek after you. So we ask you to do that in this time. Increase your Holy Spirit in, and among us. Help our words and our actions and our thoughts be glorifying to you. And we ask it in Jesus' name and for his glory alone. Amen. Introductions, introductions. I'm Holly. That's my kid. <laughs> I have another kid and a husband for 20 plus years. And I attend a Presbyterian church. And I... I'm not a college student. I don't have any major to share. I have no. What did you major in? Uh, education. Right, like childhood education, right? Yeah, like you little children. And it lasted <laughs> for like 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> but the teacher part, the teacher part uh, is still in there. Uh, I'm Gianna. I am Holly's kid. Um, I am a full-time college student. I'm majoring in English literature with a concentration in writing. I want to use that to go into film i go to a presbyterian church as well because i go to the same church as my mom <laughs> i'm rachel i am also a full-time college student and i'm studying marketing analytics and i'm actually a pastor's kid and we have a non-denominational church hi i'm kate um i'm also a full-time college student i'm majoring in psychology and to copy Gianna, I'm using that to hopefully become a clinical psychologist. Mm -hmm. And I also attend a non-denominational church. Okay, so this group is <laughs> jumping into the Latter Prophets section in kind of the middle, although 
two of the people who are here today were also here for the first part of that. So that, that's probably going to help us. But for all of us, just to get an anchor through this material, I'm going to review quickly uh, what we're trying to accomplish, which is this. We're looking at the Old Testament through a covenant lens, um, taking each of the covenants, the patriarchal covenants. So that's Noah, Abraham, Moses, and David. And looking at how those have three elements that are the same throughout all of them. Um, so those are the formal covenants, the Noahic covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, and the Davidic covenant. And you hear a lot about those in church. I mean, maybe not in such formal terms, but those promises are talked about a lot. We've been singing through this whole thing, that song, which we're not going to sing because it's a... And now it's in my head. <laughs> Father Abraham had... Many sons. Many mm -hmm. sons. I always say several sons, but that's not right. Um, and so these are things that we're familiar with in church. Uh, and so I think that in the church environment, there is um, a lot of um, focus on these covenants. But uh, I was thinking that this was a little bit of a fresh take because I don't think a lot of people do the work that we're doing in this series, which is seeing how the covenant really reaches so far beyond its its core text, which so the Noahic is in Genesis nine and the Abrahamic is in Genesis twelve and the Mosaic is in Exodus nineteen and, and twenty four and the Davidic covenant is in Second Samuel seven. So those are the core texts of those formal covenants. But what we're doing with this uh, passage is seeing how actually that covenant stretches throughout the old whole old testament we're going to do a lot of work today on how it really applies and foreshadows the new testament in christ um and even uh one of the things we did in the genesis part of our study together was see how those covenant elements which are land ld ldr LDR. Is that what you said the other day? Land, descendants, and a special relationship with God. Those are the three parts of every covenant that's that are promised. Land, descendants, and a special relationship with God. And how we can actually even see those covenant elements all the way back in the garden. Because at the heart, the creation story is a story about land, descendants, because God created his first image bearers, and a special relationship with God, obviously. Uh, the whole purpose of creation was to enjoy relationship and, and you think even practically how God walked in the garden with them and they had a really special relationship with him. And so even before he formalized these covenants with his patriarchs, he, he had shown, and we can see in retrospect, sort of in hindsight, we can see that was his heart for his image bearers all along to have a place where they belonged, a family, descendants, a line, a lineage, and a special relationship with him. So when we see that that's his heart for his people, then we can really see, then we can really see how that heart is expressed through all of the iterations of the Old Testament and even the New Testament, whether Israel was on their way to the promised land, in the promised land. So we've got on our way through the Pentateuch, right? Then they land in the promised land in the former prophets, Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings. They're in the promised land. And then 
they are ejected from the promised land as a consequence for all the shenanigans that went on with the monarchy and all the, in the book of Kings. After that, they're ejected uh, because they didn't obey the um, conditional promises. Uh, they're part of the bargain, so to speak. And so land um, is an element that, that God uses all throughout the Old Testament. Um, the descendants is an element that God really lifts out through the whole Old Testament and, of course, the relationship with him. Now, one of the things that we also noted uh, in the last piece of this series, in these three sections, so we, we kind of broke them down, Pentateuch, former prophets, latter prophets. I'll say what those books are again, just for foundational purposes. Pentateuch is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The former prophets are Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings. And there's two books of each Samuel and Kings. So Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings, that's the former prophets. And then the latter prophets, <laughs> Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and the 12. <laughs> Everyone else. <laughs> and, and the 12. And so... Um, so in each of those units, that's how I've described it. Like they're each a unit. Um, like in the Pentateuch, there was a real, uh, a very obvious focus on descendants because it was all about, I mean, you see a lot of genealogies in the Pentateuch. Uh, certainly the book of Numbers has a lot of information about this one was descended from this one. But land and that special relationship with God are certainly also present uh, as thematic um, threads that run through the Pentateuch. So then when we get into the former prophets, this, the focus shifts a little bit onto land because Joshua is taking the land and then they're figuring out how to possess the land and how to live in it successfully. But descendants and a special relationship with God still very present in those uh, that unit of the book. Now in the latter prophets, we see a rising of the special relationship with God. And the reason for that is each of the prophets was uh, sort of partnered to one of the kings in the monarchy and uh, or or several of them were, were trying to talk to Israel and, and the kings at that time. And what they're trying to say to Israel is return to your God, return to your God, return to the special relationship that he has for you. So those are just that's just a quick overview. Um, and again, in the latter prophets, we certainly still see how land and descendants are in in the thematic thread but the maybe the maybe the biggest element of the covenants in the latter prophets is the special relationship with god because the prophet's constant cry is return to your god okay so that's a quick overview any reflections on the overview i think you nailed it oh thanks (laughs) (laughs) thanks thanks okay so um one of the things that i've really enjoyed doing as we sit together and Rachel since you're the the brand new one on this particular part of the series can you tell me how it struck you um and if it struck you the same way it struck me which was a sort of a eye-opening to see how the covenants really related when I learned this in a class in a seminary class recently um I was like I have to teach this we have to talk about this and one of the things that I was saying to a couple of the other participants is once you see it, you can't unsee it. And did you have that same experience? Tell me a little bit about your experience Um, with this content. Yeah. So I actually kind of like learned about it last year. I did this like leadership program and they talked about like the biblical meta narrative and how about like all it connects. And I just like the same as you, like once you see it, like you can't unsee it. And like just looking in the 
Old Testament now, I'm like, wow, like how much it just points to Jesus and how much yes. like it was just like a preparation and God's keeping his promise. And it's just, I mean, I think it's amazing, but yeah, I can't unsee it now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I a love puzzle it. And yes. It's just like, I yeah. finally put the piece, the last piece in. Yeah. So wow. as a PK, maybe you already had this, um, foundationally in your heart, but, um, one of the reasons that I wanted to really do this series was because I think a lot of people are intimidated by the Old Testament and they're like, you know, if you pick up and Gianna called it out, she's like, if you pick up Habakkuk, you kind of don't know what to do with it because it feels very distant and far away and maybe unrelatable. Uh, and what I was hoping to do with this series is really give people an anchor. Like we're going to look at passages from Habakkuk. And, and I said last time we were together, it, this wasn't me really digging for this um, connection. It so is already there. Once you see it, once you put on sort of your covenant lens, reading the Old Testament, you see it everywhere. And I hope, my hope is, because we're really not able to dive into much at all in this short period of time. But what my hope is, is that we can do work that inspires people to go in and A, like do their own time and really look at it. And B, whenever they go back to the Old Testament, um, feel like, okay, I have a roadmap for this. I know how to attack it. I know what to look for and what it means to me in my life right now. Um, did you find that to be true? Um, do you feel better equipped having done this work to go into the Old Testament and say, I'm just going to open it anywhere and I kind of get it now? Well, if you, if you establish like the three, um, the three like prongs of, of the covenant theme then and then you kind of can like find your way out of a paperback you know like mm. that's not the the phrase is that you can't find your way out of a paper bag. i don't even know what i can't is. find my way out of paper bag that's how i know <laughs> but um <laughs> but like you can establish okay what land are they talking about mm -hmm. what which descendant is this mm -hmm. you know what's the current relationship with god mm -hmm. and that will um affect how you read the whole thing because also then you can look at your own life like what land am i searching for like where am i in the descendancy how's my relationship with god mm -hmm. and if you line it up then there's a lot to be learned mm -hmm. that's really good thank you okay other comments you've been pretty quiet so far i just wanted to piggyback off of gianna by saying like it makes it more relatable because i feel like <clears throat> we had mentioned last time that the New Testament is quite relatable and like you can look at this and like see it in your own life but like it was harder to do that with the Old Testament but I feel like this makes it a lot easier like Gianna was saying. Good there. Okay. Thank you for saying that. That makes me happy. Even if it's just you. <laughs> that has a I mean I mean <laughs> not just her. I mean even if it's just you collective okay. as a uh -huh. as a group of people who sat down with us and, and did this because for me it was um a game changer of how i looked at of course i knew the old testament was full of prophecy and was looking towards christ of course i knew that in my heart and in my head but this is so much more practically clear how it's doing that and for me it it shines such a bright light on the heart that God had from the start that he had a plan and 
then we read the Old Testament, we just see it's all part of how the plan is working out, which again, I knew in my head, it's not like this is new information to me, but this- It's different to see a tangible Yeah, it's like a different facet. I don't know mm-hmm. if even facet, it's, it's, it's a different, it's practical. It's practical. I see it. I see how, um, how these elements that now I see were God's heart for his people all along, have a land, which is sort of a place where you belong or a place where you can have peace and rest. These are, the, these are Old Testament phrases. Have peace in the land. Have rest in the land. Be protected from your enemies. Be, um, have fruit. It's fruitful and, and it's, um, you know, a, a healthy place. Um, those things are so applicable to me spiritually. They were physically true then, but they're applicable to me spiritually. And I, so I can see that it was always God's heart to have his people in a place where they felt like they belonged and where good things were happening for them. Like Jesus said, I came that you might have life, which is eternal and have it abundantly like here while you're here. That's really a rephrasing of the promised land. Right. And so just to see that that was God's heart in a practical way. Like we know as churchgoers that God's heart was always for salvation, always for redemption. And those are the things that we talk about all the time because of Christ. And we should because of what he did on the cross and what he accomplished on the cross. But to see these other elements that God just understands us as beings, you know, one of the things we were reflecting on in the first parts of the series were what does land and a place to belong? What does that mean to you? What does descendants or family mean to you? These are things that are wired into us to want the, we long for them. We long for connection with family, whether it's blood family or family, what'd you call it? Found family. Found family. Um, we know as people that like as humans, we long for those connections. The, um, and, we long for a place that we can be at rest, you know, a physical place. Like when you come home from college, there's a feeling to that. Like, okay, I'm home. Right. And even, you know, we never want to pretend that everybody listening has a great home life or a great family life, but we use that as the anti example that if you don't have a great home life or a great family life, or if you don't have a home where things are stable, you don't know if you're going to be there next month or next year. The reason that this still resounds is, you know, that's not right. That feels uncomfortable. We aren't comfortable in that. We sympathize with someone who doesn't have that because we know at our core, it's what we're designed to be and have. And, and we see that then everywhere in the Old Testament and God's desire for us. And just that element of how he created us to live and be um, during this lifetime. Uh, so I know that we as churchgoers talk a lot about, like I said, salvation and redemption. And we, we piece the meta narrative of the Bible together in that way. In fact, a lot of people say creation, fall redemption or restoration, redemption, repentance, whatever. They're all the R's that follow that. Um, And that that's a meta narrative. So there are a lot of ways to look at the law, the big picture United um, uh, story. But this one for me was so interestingly practical Mm -hmm. and um, practical. It makes these people in the Old Testament feel a little bit more approachable to me and more relatable to me. So it isn't some big mystical plan that we aren't aware of. Yeah. You can point to this and say, oh, look at this. Here's the plan. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Yeah, it is simple and it and it's um but it's consistent. Mm-hmm. And pervasive. And another interesting element of it is, um, so the Davidic covenant was really like the big boy in the Old Testament. But what we see is that God is um, sort of revealing his plan a little bit more in each covenant. Like the Davidic covenant really gives you a lot of flesh on the covenantal bones, right? Where we're like, this is exactly how it's going to play out. We're going to work with that a lot today. But in the no- Noahic and Abrahamic, the Abrahamic covenant is frightfully short. It's just, yeah. It's just like three or two or three verses. Yeah. The Davidic covenant is a whole chapter. So what we see there is this unpacking that God is even giving. And we, of course, in hindsight can see now, you know, and then the final revelation was in Christ that God really sort of dripped out his plan a little bit at a time. Once you see more pieces of the plan, you can then look backwards and see how that was the plan all along. Like I just said at the beginning, recognizing that the three parts of the covenant were in play in the, in the creation story. So so interesting to be able to look back on that and in hindsight. Do you agree? And then also look forward because what do we hear in Re- 